When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Chan. So on a night like this where we have severe weather in the area, you are our eyes and ears out there. Don't hesitate to text 630-630 to call our newsroom, 780-466-NEWS. That's 780-466-6397. And our open line as well, 780-496-0063. This is Inside Sports on 630-CHED, and we will take you through some of the stories and feature interviews of the day, but it is important to keep you updated on the weather situation as well. Obviously, you've been hearing the uh, tornado alerts on the station here late in the afternoon. Afternoon, uh, just following the Alberta Emergency Alert account on uh, Twitter at 6:02, the tornado alert ended for Brazo County and Leduc County, but there is still a lot of nasty weather in the area. I know I've seen uh, pictures of huge hail that came down near Drayton Valley. Uh, there are obviously uh, storms in the area. Hopefully they don't result in any tornadoes, but again, uh, we rely on uh, you to keep us uh, updated from what you are seeing in your community or area of the city, and of course we will keep you updated on uh, as well on uh, what Environment Canada and weather specialists are saying. So again, uh, text 630-630. They'll have, they'll have that account open in the newsroom as well and the newsroom line 780-466-NEWS. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. I do hope you are safe or getting to a safe place wherever you're tuning in tonight. It's Inside Sports on 630 Ched. And some hockey news today. Andrew Ferentz, former captain of the Edmonton Oilers, limited by injuries his last two years of his contract with the Oilers. He didn't play this past season, played only six games the previous season. He officially announces his retirement today and he says he's leaving the team when they have a very bright future. I mean, Connor comes in, and and you know we've had that talk too before, right. where like what separates the the superstars from the good players. I mean, you look at uh, like a guy like Crosby. I guess the last few years, a lot of people can point to or Taves. I mean, the best you know some of the best players on the team, but they're also the hardest working and have the best attitudes. I mean, those are the guys that you can actually build teams around. And and with Connor, I mean, he is. He, he's not. There's nothing fake about it he's not putting on a show like he is truly uh, obviously an incredible player but just a good dude and 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 somebody that people can rally around and believe in and 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 that counts for a lot in a dressing room when when uh, your best player can be your hardest worker and your best leader and you know you know all those all those check marks so uh, i mean it, it's an Oilers are in an incredible spot because because you got him, and obviously you know that's not to discredit anybody else's contribution right. to the team. I mean, obviously you have guys that 
had incredible seasons this last year. You know, he like a dry side. I mean, he's a he just the exact same. He's not as good as Connor, but I mean, his his attitude is is, is incredible. Like uh, a really just just a good person. And and so when your best players are good people, I mean, that's that's going to form a really solid foundation for the team going forward. All right, that's Andrew Ference, who announces his retirement today. You'll hear more from him throughout the evening here on Inside Sports, and he was on Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer earlier today. My name is Reed Wilkins. Before we bring in Dave Campbell to help set up the Red Blacks and the Eskimos, let's just head to our newsroom to see what's going on with the uh, weather. We have Brandon Graziano keeping an eye on things. Uh, Brandon, what are we looking at now for the areas here that might be uh, taking a look at some really severe weather? So at this moment, uh, the as you mentioned earlier, the the warning has ended for Brazos County near Drayton Valley and Breton. But at the at this moment, uh, as of just a few minutes ago, the county of Wetaskiwin near Pigeon Lake is currently under a tornado warning. Uh, Ladue County near Calmar and Devon, and Ladue County near Warburg, Thorsby, and of course Pigeon Lake, as we just mentioned earlier. Now at this moment, Environment Canada say that they are tracking the severe thunderstorm that is capable of producing a tornado. The thunderstorm is also capable producing damaging straight-line wind gusts of over 100 kilometers per hour and there are tennis ball sized hail that's also been located and it's at this moment the storm is 10 kilometers southwest of Sunnybrook and it's moving at this moment in the pathway of Sunnybrook and Thorsby and once again if you do see it seek shelter immediately in a basement or reinforced structure get low put as many walls between yourself and the storm as possible stay away from windows doors and outside walls and if you are on the highway at this moment cannot avoid the tornado seek shelter immediately in a ditch or a ravine. So I'm just going to run that one more time. There is a tornado warning in effect for the county of Wetaskiwin near Pigeon Lake, Ladue County near Calmar and Devon, and Ladue County near Warburg, Thorsby, and Pigeon Lake. And the tor- and the storm, I should say, is located at the moment 10 kilometers southwest of Sunnybrook and is moving eastward at 30 kilometers per hour. And the communities in this path at the moment are Sunnybrook and Thorsby with hail the size of tennis balls also possible with the storm. Okay, thanks, Brandon. So if you're in those communities, obviously a good idea to, to seek shelter immediately and uh, wait till it moves past. Thanks for that. And we'll keep you updated as we move along here on 630 Chet. Reed Wilkins coming to you from the 630 Chet studio. Dave Campbell is the producer of this show and our analyst for Eskimos broadcasts here on 630 Chet. We will have one tomorrow, 6 o'clock for the countdown to kick off. The game starts at 8 against the Ottawa Red Blacks. <laughs> Who are 0-2-1 on the season. Hi, Dave. Correct on all fronts. That's the way you say their name, and well, yes, they are you know, we got a texture Jim who gets mad when I say it that way. Well, too bad. That's the way you say it. <laughs> That's how they say it in Ottawa. They go around yelling at each other. Seriously. That's what they do. I've been there many times. Hey, you've gone to games there. I have. I've been to three or four now. I can't remember. Nah, uh, four, well, four, yeah, four, yeah, four, three right. regular season in the East Final. That's and right. The Great Cup was in Winnipeg. You mm-hmm. went to that one. W- was in Ottawa. Uh, all right, Dave. What is uh, what's going on here with the O line? First of all, do we have somebody um, a regular missing a game, or how are they looking? O line is fine. Uh, they didn't have Matt O'Donnell at practice for the first couple of days. Now they had an extra day this week. Uh, they had an extra day on Sunday, which was called Day A. Day one started on uh, Monday. Okay, you know because you football work week, you go five days back from the game. That's the typical work the game week. Five is game day. That's right. Or day five is game day. Sorry. That's right. So okay. tomorrow's tomorrow's day five. There we go. It's awesome. Okay. Anyway, so Matt O'Donnell's in. He's fine. Simeon Rotier did have uh, one day he missed a practice. He is fine, and uh, he will play tomorrow. Okay. So we got the five regulars in on the O line. We know Trayvon Van is going to start. 
for John White at running back. Okay, so here's here's what I wonder. Jason Moss was a quarterback. He was an offensive coordinator. Sure. He was a quarterback's coach, I guess, even before that. Now he's the head coach. He's not calling the plays, but he's uh, still involved in the game planning. And I thought last year, I mean, the Eskimos didn't have a great start to the season. Uh, and and but, but I thought, there, and I know a couple games, uh, there was one game where all their running backs got injured, so they mm-hmm. had to throw on every play. But I, I did think that, that last year at times they got away from the run. Mm-hmm. Um and then later on in the season, they committed to it. They committed to the O-line being physical, and it paid off. Do you expect that mentality with with Trayvon Van, or do you think they're going to go away from it because he's not John White? Will there be different types of plays called now with White out and Van in? What do you see? I think you would. I think you go with uh, your same game plan that you would have with John White. Now the only the only thing that would put a bit of a, a a damper on this plan is the fact that Trayvon Van can't block as well as John White, but you go with the confidence that Trayvon Van played nine games last year in the Canadian Football League with the Ottawa Red Blacks. He started, he played uh, played pretty well. Last week, he had 17 carries for 50 yards, and that's just because his start to the game wasn't good in the second quarter when he took over for John White and then in the second half we saw a very different Trayvon Van, a much more physical downhill runner and we all know what he did with the two Alouettes at the goal line there, he just absolutely trucked them and knocked one of them out of the game and Chris Ackie, their safety uh, he had 21 touches for 71 yards, so that tells me that they were trying to get the ball in his hands as much as possible, so you know, for me I think Jason Moss has become more comfortable in how he calls the run I know he's not calling the run now because it's car and Walsh, but I think he wants to incorporate it. Now, it has to work. It has to have right. success. And if, if they have to throw the ball 50 times to win, they're going to do that. But I think the mentality in the early going is trying to establish that run game as much as possible. And uh, I believe in all three games, they've had... Uh, or two games, sorry, they've had their running back have more than 15 touches. And last year, John White was averaging less than 15 touches. And he was still very effective. So to me, I think they're just going to try and uh, do what they do and keep the run game involved as much as possible. But make sure you you involve Trayvon Van uh, in the football game as much as possible. And, you know, if it doesn't work, then... You're going to have to go to your quick game, your short passing game. They do have some pretty good weapons on offense to uh, to move up the field, but you don't want to do that. They want to keep the run involved. All right, and just keeping people updated on the weather, these are these are uh, alerts uh, or notices, I guess, that have come in from Environment Canada in, 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 all within the last five or six minutes. Um, there is now a tornado watch for Camrose. Um and, and, and also there could be thunderstorms uh, with that. So Camrose now under a tornado watch. Uh, there is a severe thunderstorm warning for Westlock. That was issued at 611, so that's about six minutes ago. And a severe thunderstorm warning for Barhead. That's also uh, at as of 611. So these are all in the last six to eight minutes. Uh, I mean, basically, if you're in the anywhere in... A couple hours of Edmonton. There, there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, we'll keep you posted as we get the, the latest, but also just be careful. Uh, you know, be ready to get into your basement. Some communities, obviously, uh, we're talking about Sunnybrook, Thorsby. You should probably already be there because of the potential for a tornado ev- developing. We'll keep you updated on 6:30, Chad. We will keep going with inside sports with a keen eye on the weather. It's 6:30, Chad. 
Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Now, as for the uh, the city of Edmonton, we remain under a severe thunderstorm watch. There are uh, tornado warnings in the area, looking at uh, near Pigeon Lake, Kalmar, Devon, Warburg, Thorsby. So those are the, I guess if you put stuff in in red where it's uh, potentially serious, those would be the darkest red, but obviously clouds all around in the area, and we'll keep you updated as uh, as things change or develop here on 630 Chet. It is 622. My name is Reed Wilkins. Dave Campbell is in studio doing his final prep. Well, I guess you have most of the day tomorrow, but doing prep for uh, tomorrow's <laughs> broadcast because Yes. The the Red Blacks uh, and the Eskimos. Right, have the Eskimos, you're going to have to refresh my memory here. This uh, this edition of the team, and I know it's 2017, but I kind of define the the Riley Sherritt era, if you want to call it that, sure. as sort of a, a, a phase that the team is going through. And I know Sherritt's out for the season, but has this team of the last three four years have they have they struggled coming out of buys or what are we looking at? You know, I I was trying to remember uh, their their history. I, I know last year they had a buy in early to mid October and they played in Vancouver and were sl- and they were very sluggish. Mm-hmm. I've seen, you know, 2015 after the game in Fort McMurray where Mike Riley was uh, suffered that severe knee injury, they came out in week 3 and absolutely blasted the Red Blacks no less on uh, on at Commonwealth Stadium. So, you know, I asked Jason Moss about that. It seems to be the the great mystery is how do how do teams come out of the bye week? You know one thing's for sure, they're rested. Okay, um, you want to get back to your usual formula, and it's hard to do, especially early in the week. Uh, I mean, that's why they had an extra day is just to knock the rust off, right? right? Because it's amazing how much players forget, you know, and and they might have, you know, they take their iPads and they watch film, but they're not doing football stuff. Let's face it. So um, I think it'll be very interesting to see how they come out. This is a team as well that you know they're two and zero. They found ways to win, which is good. Um, but offensively, especially, you know, you're waiting for the the roof to blow off the offense, and you know that this is a good offense, um, even with the pieces that they did lose, especially Darrell Walker. So they're looking to get better, uh, and you know, playing against a team that has played pretty well, even though they're 0-2 and one. So they're they're angry. They should be angry the way they lost that game last week to the Toronto Argos at home. Mm-hmm. Um, so this will be very interesting. But you know, I think it just. You know, it, it's hard to predict how teams are going to come off the bye week. Of course, remember the Western Final in 2015? I mean, they had three weeks off. That's they right. The week 20 bye. They had the, and they played great. They played outstanding. So it's it's just really hard to predict. All right, Dave, i got to ask you something. And i got the the TV on here getting ready to follow Toronto at Winnipeg. That's the kickoff for week four. Argos 2-1, and one, Winnipeg 1-1. One and one, And they just flashed the stat for this QAR rating. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, what, this is a quarterback rating. It's, Riley's actually first. It's a new rating system that okay. was developed by Steve Daniel, who is the uh, head statistician of the of the Canadian Football League. And you know, we've seen quarterback rating. Sure. That's been out for you know twenty, twenty five, thirty years. You know, one hundred fifty eight point three is the best you can. So have. It's, yeah, it's not out of a hundred, so it's no. confusing if you just yeah. So if you're in the, if you're in the hundreds, you're doing pretty good. If you're 90s, you're good. If you're in the 80s, you're 
pretty average. So right. um, it, it's and I, I've looked at it and I don't quite understand it, but it's supposed to be a simple formula to kind of show you how quarterbacks are performing and and what's I guess the one prop I'll give is it's out of a hundred. So if you see a quarterback at a ninety one, Riley's ninety two point nine. So that shows that's you that really good. he's doing really good, right? So that's the only clarity. But to, to to with that stat, but as far as what it means, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Well, the higher the number, the better you're the playing. The higher the number, right? the better you're Most playing. Most quarterbacks just look at the win column, though. That's ultimately how they grade themselves. That's what Mike Riley does. That's what he keeps telling me. So. All right, secondary for. The Eskimos. We got another new guy. Yeah, Mercy uh, Maston. Who great uh, name. Great, uh, mercy. Oh, have mercy. There you go. <laughs> have mercy. That's right. Uh, Johnny Adams uh, suffered a an injury uh, yesterday in practice or the day before in practice, so he wasn't able to uh, come out yesterday. So Mercy Maston rep there, and he will be the starting corner on the weak side of the field. So that'll be interesting from an Eskimo perspective to see how he performs. Um, don't know much about him. Saw him in the preseason. I thought he was so-so. Mm-hmm. Hard to tell in practice. I think he's been, you know, all right. And we'll see, you know, live game reps how he does. And from the Ottawa Red Black side of things, it's hard to game plan for a guy you don't know. But, you know, football speak is you worry about what you do. So that's something we'll be watching tomorrow is that, uh, that boundary corner spot with Mercy Maston. Who's the who's the Red Black's big receiver? Because Jackson went to Montreal, right? Their big receiver now is uh, Greg Ellingson. Right, and he was uh, a tower of power last week. Had 170 yards receiving. Uh, Trevor Harris is off to a great start. Seven touchdowns. That's tied for the league league with Ricky Ray. He's just behind Ricky Ray in passing yards. Um, the problem with the Ottawa Red Blacks uh, offense is they they've given up the most sacks, nine. And they're playing a D-line that has been pretty proficient at getting after the quarterback or causing difficulty for the quarterback. So that's an area that will be, you know, something to watch. They're good offensively, defensively. They, they're, they've they given up 100 points, and that's uh, 21 oh, points more than any other team in the league. That's, you know, that's, uh, that's something we'll watch. Good offense, tough defense. It's hard to predict tomorrow what's going to happen. So... Text here to 630-630. As of 624, uh, this texter says, it is just raining near Thorsby. No super-threatening storms at uh, at the moment. So thanks for that update. Remember the newsroom number as well, 780-466-6397. We'll keep you updated on the weather throughout the evening. This is Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio. 630-Chad, news and weather coming right up. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. All right, we appreciate you tuning in tonight. So what we're looking at now for uh, Edmonton and, and surrounding areas are severe thunderstorm warnings. Edmonton, St. Albert, Sherwood Park, Drayton Valley, Devon, Rimby, Pigeon Lake, Leduc, Camrose, Batasquin, Toefield. Uh, Rocky Mountain House, Spruce Grove, Morinville, Marathorpe, Evansburg, Westlock, Barhead, Athabasca. If uh, you're in those areas, and that's a lot of areas, obviously, uh, you know, in and around Edmonton, that is a severe thunderstorm warning. Uh, the tornado alerts, well, there are none at the moment, so uh, that's good news. 630-630 is how you can text, and uh, I'm going to advise you as well, call our newsroom with any weather updates as well, 780-466-NEWS. Andrew Ference 
retired today. Last four years of his career with the Edmonton Oilers, though he hardly played the last two years. He did win the Stanley Cup in Boston in 2011. Yeah, I mean, incredible times, and especially because we had such a big group of guys stick together for a number of years together. And, and yeah, I mean, incredible times, and especially because we had such a big group of guys stick together for a number of years together. And, and the year before we won, I mean, we, we were one of the only teams to, to lose a series after being up by three. Um, so, you know, the fact that uh, Peter didn't blow our team up and, and allowed to basically give us another chance um, as, a, as a unit, um, man, we had, a, we had a, I think, a responsibility not only to, to the city, but to him as well, to, um, you know, kind of the faith that, that he had in our in our core group to actually come back and, and do it the right way the next year. So, yeah, to, I mean, winning the Cup, I mean, it, that erased a lot of bad taste from, from losing it in Calgary, and, and, uh, and it definitely makes a day like today or, you know, every day <laughs> a, lot, a lot sweeter. Andrew Ferris, also a Memorial Cup champion with Portland in 1998. We'll have more comments from him as we move on throughout the night inside sports on 630 Chad. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight, and I'm pleased to welcome back to the program after an unnecessarily long absence from Sportsnet.ca, Jonathan Willis. Jonathan, you're on with Reed. How's it going, buddy? Uh, going really well, Reed. Uh, thanks for having me on. Yes, and uh, I should offer you a public congratulations. Are you not recently a new parent? I, I am indeed. Uh, I don't know if that's a that's a curse or a congratulations <laughs> right now, but uh, I, I do appreciate it. All right, uh, too too early to say. I, I don't. I, you had a? Did you have a son? Yeah, I, I did. I did. No, I, I'm kidding. He, he's. Uh, he's, I, he's lovely and wonderful. Oh, I know. He be happier. Too too early <laughs> to say if he has an affinity for any sport. <laughs> I, I'm gonna bet heavily on hockey here. <laughs> a Canadian male, imagine that. But uh, uh, yeah, all right. Uh, hey, uh, it's great to have you back on the show. I haven't had, actually. We were usually we're often in touch through text. I haven't had you on the show in a while, so thanks for coming on. Uh, it's the time of year where uh, a lot of anticipation and, and predictions and speculation about hockey teams are going to look. But let uh, let people know because you have an interesting story because you you've been writing for. Or, well, how long have you been writing now? When did you start off on this crazy journey? Um, I got into it in April 2008, which is pretty awful timing for somebody to cover the Oilers. Uh, and, and I've been doing it full-time since uh, I, I was in the oil patch previously and, and started the, this started off for me as a hobby, but I've been doing it full-time for about five years now. and um, No no regrets. It, I, I tell you, it, it beats selling oil field chemical. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, fair enough. There's a, there's a nice endorsement for uh, for that industry. Uh, and uh, Sportsnet took you on. Uh, what's well, been a, that's been a while now too, eh? Yeah, a couple of years there. They've been they've been really good to me. I, I can only say nice things about them. Okay. Well, that, I'm contractually obligated to only say nice things. Yeah. About them. Well, exactly. I, I can't blame you. Well, they're 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 pretty nice, and you can. I don't know how often you see Gene, but he's a he's a great guy to call a coworker. So so there you go. You know, I I, I haven't actually met Gene, but I. I uh, or, or haven't really spoken to him anyway, but uh, you know I'm, I've been a tremendous admirer for many, many years. So now, now let I, people, I'm happy to be at the same place. Now let, now let people know because I I think it would. You know, the whole analytics thing in hockey has been very prevalent and much discussed in recent seasons. Though I I know you write about that, but my take, uh, Jonathan, and when you and I communicate, we actually very seldom 
talk about analytics. I, I Personally, I think it would do you an injustice just to call you an analytics blogger, even though you, you do use that sometimes. But I don't know how you define yourself. Well, that's a, that's a, that's a really kind thing to say, actually. I, I think um, one of the problems with a lot of analytics guys is uh, they like they kind of get away from the from traditional storytelling, and it, I, I think that analytics can be used to enhance that. You, you don't have to just you know throw down a wall of numbers. I, I hopefully do a job of of just writing a decent story and, and using those numbers to to inform and to uh, to uh, support it rather than to you know just throwing a wall of uh, spreadsheet at you. Right. <laughs> that's that's the goal anyway. I mean, how well I do, it's going to be eye of the beholder, but uh, that's the goal. All right, and uh, as we're uh, we're keeping people updated on the, the weather tonight, uh, Jonathan, so I'm going to mention this probably a couple times during the interview. There there are no current uh, tornado alerts or warnings in effect, but much of Edmonton and surrounding area is under a severe thunderstorm warning. Uh, it's now been extended to Bonneville, St. Paul, Cold Lake, and Lac La Biche. Uh, basically, if uh, you're anywhere kind of in northern Alberta, you should be careful and be watching the skies and uh, make sure you're not in a vulnerable situation if you're going outside. But uh, we'll keep you updated throughout the evening. And I believe Winnipeg has just ran the opening kickoff back for a touchdown. So they're quickly up six up. They got Toronto. So there we go, Jonathan, keeping people informed. Now, you wrote something about UC Oakland, and, and uh, it, it's interesting to me because there's always so much debate about and anything the Oilers do, this is perhaps one of the most universally applauded signings that perhaps I could remember in my four years of hosting Oilers hockey broadcast. How come and where do you think he's going to fit? <laughs> well, it's, it's hard not to like these deals. Um, if you're somebody who's watched uh, players like Alish Hemsky or Patrick Sharp sign for one of these one-year million-dollar bargain bin contracts somewhere, maybe you were looking at those and going, it sure would be nice for Edmonton to add a, a proven offensive NHL player at very little money. And so they went out, they added Yossi Jokin, and, um, you know, he had a bad year last season, which is why he's so cheap this year. But if you ignore the lockout season, the last six years, he's played 70-plus games six times. He scored 40-plus points six times, uh, sometimes gusting to quite a bit more than that, where he's in the 60-point range. So it's hard not to like getting an established NHL player for basically the same money that you'd pay, you know, a Tyler Pitlick. Um, there, there's just no downside. It's, it's one of those things where the only conceivable downside is that he might be holding some young players back and taking some ice time from younger players. But honestly, I, I, I think most people in Edmonton, after years and years of, of watching the rebuild and watching guys forced into roles before they were ready for them, I, I think most people are going to be happy to see that kind of internal competition. Well, and, and and it is an interesting debate because one thing I talked a lot about on the show, and I was basing it on something Peter Shirelli directly said, was that he wasn't going to uh, drop a veteran in who would push a younger guy down the depth chart. And I don't know if Jokinen directly does that because I think he's going to be in a mix of guys who might be interchangeable depending on injuries, depending on the opponent, and depending on who's playing well. So I don't think UC Jokinen comes in and it means, okay, Drake Kajula, you don't get 14 minutes, you get seven. I think it means, you know what, Drake, you're still going to have your chance to get your 14, and so are you, UC, so are you, UC, but some, some days some, one of you might be on the third and, so, and one, one of you might be on the fourth. I, 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 th- I, I see, anyway, some interchangeable parts with the wingers if you want to lump in Slepeshev, uh, Cassian, maybe Puglia guys like that. Yeah, I, I think there's, there's a lot of truth to that. 
Um, the, the one thing I'd, I'd point out about Kajula specifically, like I, I think there's a really good chance that Drake Kajula starts the year on the, the quote-unquote fourth line with, with Mark Latestu. But Kajula, in, in a lot of ways, is in a similar situation as Latestu. Like, Latestu is a fourth-line winger last year, but, you know, he's number one PK, number one power play. So he's still racking up the minutes, even though he's, he's not a, in a prime line at even strength. And Kajula has some of that same things going for him. Um, he played both uh, penalty kill power play last year. He's very effective on the power play as a college player. Um, used a lot on the penalty kill as a college player. So I think he's he's not not in the same class as Latestu, obviously, but he's in a situation where even if he's only getting eight or nine minutes of even strength a night, he you could still see him play twelve or thirteen minutes overall because of all that special teams work. And and if that's the case, then it's hard to argue that he's been you know hard done by by being demoted down the lineup a little bit. Right. Okay. Jonathan Willis joining us from Sportsnet.ca. I just got a text to six thirty six thirty. This person writing in something wild happening south of Kalmar. Unreal winds and hail. Uh, no vision if you're trying to drive. So uh, be careful around Kalmar. And obviously that's one of many areas under a severe thunderstorm warning. So it looks like that's uh, you know been hitting and starting to hit areas to the south and southwest of Edmonton, though there are areas to the north and northeast under severe thunderstorm warnings as well. So keep that in mind uh, when you're out and about tonight. And Edmonton itself is under a severe thunderstorm warning. Jonathan Willis uh, joining us from sportsnet.ca. All right, I'm going to have a little fun with you here. Hall for Larson a year ago, Eberly for Strom this summer. When you first heard of the trade, which one did you think was a bigger risk, and has that perhaps changed over the last 12 and a half months? Initially, I thought the Hall trade was a much bigger risk. There's an element of surprise to it, too, because the Eberly trade was telegraphed well in advance, and the Hall trade was not, so... That makes it a little bit easier to uh, to kind of understand everything and, and not be so shocked when the deal actually goes down. Uh, but the the Hall trade was a bigger risk to me, just because although both guys are very capable offensive players, Hall's a guy who not only drives shot metrics but has has significantly over the years been been a much better um, player at driving goal differential than any team he's been on. Like the the difference between the Oilers with Hall on and off the ice was. Insane, uh, right. not just during during the whole rebuild, and that that wasn't always the case with Everlay. Okay, now having seen uh, Larson for a year, and obviously the team got better, and, and seeing the number differential between Everly and Strom, what's your well? Maybe you don't have a level of concern about the Everly for Strom deal because I think that one's pretty risky if Strom doesn't get some offensive traction. Yeah, it is, and in some ways, you know, even if, if like, if Strom, imagine a situation where Strom ends up playing right wing on the McDavid line. Not that that's necessarily going to happen, but if it does, you know, he's in the last year of his contract, so those cap savings that you traded for might dry up, you know, almost immediately, and, and that's a that's a best case scenario. Um, I, I do think it's risky, but the, the risk is mitigated to some degree by the fact that you can find guys who can score on the wings. I mean, we mentioned Jokinen tonight. Um, there, there's been a, not not Everlay level scores, but you can replace a lot of that offense that Everlay brought in outside of the offense. Like, Everlay was kind of a one-trick pony. 
uh, much more so than Hall was, I would argue. But uh, it, it is definitely risky anytime you move a player with, with that level of scoring ability out, and especially for somebody as unproven as Strom. But having said that, you know, they added a center back for a winger, and, and that mitigates some of the risk. And, and I've always liked Ryan Strom. I, uh, he hasn't delivered yet, but, but there's some, some possibility that he's, his value has been depressed just by playing in a bad situation in New York. It's going to be interesting to see how they use him because Shirelli has said he sees him more uh, as a center. So you wonder if Leon starts again on the wing, if Nugent Hopkins uh, becomes uh, maybe a full-time or mostly winger this season. But but at least they have some lineup options to play with. And we started this uh, conversation with Jokin, and he, he might become a bit of a jack-of-all-trades as well. Jonathan, let people know where they can read your stuff and how they can follow you on Twitter. Uh, the best place is just to go to Twitter. I, I kind of write all over, but everything shows up there. Um, so, at Jonathan Willis. All right. Hey, it's great to have you on the show. I'll try not to go so uh, so long in between guest appearances for you next time, buddy, but I know we'll stay in touch. Thanks for your time. Very much my pleasure, Reed. Uh, take care and stay safe. Right on. That's Jonathan Willis checking in, and uh, appreciate him wishing everybody to stay safe as well. Just got a text to 63630. Crazy winds, lightning, and rain, and that is in Sturgeon County. So it's definitely hitting. Uh, I can kind of see out a window here at the Chorus Entertainment Broadcasting Compound, and I see a lot of trees shaking, and I see very gray skies as uh, Edmonton is indeed under a severe thunderstorm warning. We will keep you updated. You can help us out as well by texting 63630, our newsroom phone number, 780-466-6397. It's 648. We're coming right back. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. It is 6.51. This texture to 6.36.30 says, Coming north on Highway 2 from Leduc, the wind is insane. Rain and wind like mad, and the sky is an unsettling shade of green and gray. Uh, another texture says, nice and, stunny, uh, nice and sunny in Stony Plain for now anyways. So uh, different weather in different areas. Now some text coming in about light rain. Uh, Brian says, light rain, heavy lightning in the northeast corner of Edmonton. Wind picking up, trees swaying moderately. And another texter says, my car is shaking like crazy on the north side. It's getting worse by the minute. So I think the uh, the storm here is starting to move uh, over top of Edmonton, though there is still a severe thunderstorm warning in effect for other areas, including... Wow, lots. Uh, Whitecourt, Edson, Fox Creek, Westlock, Barhead, Athabasca, Spruce Grove, Mournville, Merithorpe, Evansburg, Rocky Mountain House, Red Deer, Pinocchio, Stetler, Innisfail, Lloydminster, Wainwright, Vermilion, Provost, Leduc, Camrose, Batasquin, Tofield, Drayton Valley, Devon, Rimby, Pigeon Lake, Edmonton, St. Albert, Sherwood Park, Bonneville, St. Paul, Cold Lake, Lac Labiche. Those are all severe thunderstorm warnings, and clearly from the text I just read, it's starting to hit in some of those areas. Now, there is still a tornado watch in effect for the Drayton Valley and Pigeon Lake areas, Leduc, Camrose, Wetasquin, Rocky Mountain House, Caroline, uh, Spruce Grove, Mournville, Merthorpe, Evansburg, Westlock, Barhead, Athabasca. Those are tornado watches. Um, so there's a lot going on, and as, as you can hear from the texts that are coming in, it's uh, there's reduced visibility or heavy rain and winds or increasing heavy rain and winds in a lot of areas 
So best to stay indoors uh, if you're in an area where there, you know, there's a possibility of a tornado. Be ready to get to your basement or maybe you're already camped out there until this blows over. Uh, this texture says had a lot of thunder and rain in Callahoo, but it is now passed and heading towards Edmonton, and the sun is coming out here again. That is from the Callahoo area. Okay, and I can tell you, and Patrick Bauer, I was just talking before the break about the uh, the window I can see off to my left, so I'm looking through the newsroom, and it's very, very gray. And then you sit in the control room where there are uh, sh- sunshades to keep the sun out because it can get very hot in there. I assumed that they were closed. And during the commercial, you pointed out, no, they're open, and it's that dark behind you. Yeah, I can see a little bit of sky um, off to the west there, but that's it. It is black. It's kind of scary this time of year. Yeah, well, we've had a lot of heat, so sometimes this happens. It, it is it is windy, and I mean, if you, if, if you, had, if you had just woken up and, and weren't aware of the wind, you would think, oh, I slept till 1030 at night. I mean, it's very... It's, like late dusk out there. I imagine there's some guys getting up for the night shift right now, panicking pretty hard looking out their window, yeah. Yeah, uh, heavy rain, much thunder and lightning now in St. Albert. That's a text to 63630. Sounds like the north end of Edmonton uh, getting some uh, some rain and wind right now too. So again, we'll keep you updated. You know, again, pretty, pretty much... What are we talking about here? Panoka North is under a severe thunderstorm warning, if I, if I can just speak generally, and uh, tornado watches for some of those areas as well. Again, you can text 63630. You are helping out. Our newsroom phone number, 780-466-NEWS. This texture says, I'm on the north side of Pigeon Lake. The storm has moved off to the northeast, and the sun is peeking out now. So, yeah, it appears to have uh, moved here to the northeast and is now passing through much of the capital region. Hey, thanks for tuning in tonight. Obviously, when we got uh, a developing weather story, Inside Sports will have a little bit of a different tone to it. Uh, it is 7-3 for Winnipeg, leading Toronto halfway through the first quarter in tonight's CFL game. The Edmonton Eskimos play tomorrow night. Hopefully, it's good weather for that one. They're up against the Ottawa Red Blacks, who have yet to win on the season. They have two losses and a tie. The Eskimos coming off their bye are 2-0. The countdown to kickoff here on 6.30, Chet, will be at 6, and the game will start at 8 o'clock. Oilers defenseman Andrew Ference announcing his retirement today. Besides playing for the Oilers, he also played for Calgary, Pittsburgh, and Boston, and he says it was really in Calgary where he established himself. Oh, yeah, because I had Daryl Sutter to kick me in the ass every time I was going on the ice, and if I didn't have a good first shift, I mean, I wouldn't play. And so he, I mean, and that wasn't just with me. He demanded that out of all of us, and he taught uh, uh, not just myself, but everybody uh, about where the bar has to be set um, every single night. Um, and if, if you didn't, you know, reach reach uh, reach your your expectations that he had of you, I mean, you just didn't play. Um, and he probably would, you know, tell you in front of your, your entire team, too, of why you weren't playing. So, you know, we learned really quick. And, you know, that was a, a huge contribution to our team success. But, you know, many of us, you know, from those teams in Calgary, you know, went on to have pretty long careers, you know, because, yeah, he set the bar so high for us, you know, what, what he expected of us. And then it just turned into what we expected of ourselves. And and so, uh, yeah, 100%. I grew up a lot, you know, under under his his charge and, and uh, um, I mean definitely took a lot of, of hard life lessons from him but ones that were, were extremely valuable 
Get a full interview with Andrew Ference on the Oilers Now page on 630Ched.com. We got the news and weather coming up. We got a Live in the Dream segment with Edmonton's Rory Rollick, who's playing pro hockey in Australia. All ahead, Inside Sports on 630Ched.